0: Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T. And today my guest is Dan Blauser. Dan's an author of three books, blogger, podcast host, speaker, and a consultant. He founded and ran a nonprofit youth sports organization for 30 years, teaching kids all about leadership skills and life lessons through sports and community service. Then in 2019, he felt a calling from God for his wife, Sandy, and him to take a completely different direction in life. And I'm sure we're going to hear about that. Dan, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Johnny. Looking forward to
1: it. It's an interesting story that you have. So let's start, you know, with your interest in helping out youth and things like I've done some work with you. In my life, and it can be a very rewarding experience. So, how did that begin for you, and what motivated you to work with young people?
2: You know, just the whole idea of giving back and helping others in general is something that was you know, instilled in me by my parents, both my mother and my father, in different ways. My mom always helped you know, by giving her time. My dad, on the other hand, was an over-the-road truck driver, so he didn't have time to give, but he always was very giving financially. So growing up in that atmosphere, as, as I got older, giving back to others really just kind of seemed second nature to me. You know, I started a nonprofit organization that I'd run when I was 19 years old, which as I look back on it now, just find it, you know, to be bizarre that at that age, I could pull that off. And it's funny how it evolved because at first it was just a, an adult baseball organization. And as we all got older, about 10 years into the organization is when we kind of branched out into the youth genre, so to speak, because we'd all started coaching at different programs throughout our area, but we were still playing together. And we had the same philosophy coaching that it was more about teaching life lessons to the kids. And it was about, you know, win it all costs philosophy. Sports can be incredibly beneficial at teaching life lessons to kids if you allow it to. Sadly, there's a lot of coaches out there who don't quite do it the right way. They kind of get clouded and it is about the winning and, you know, and I'm not saying our organization wasn't competitive because we were, I mean, every time we stepped on the field, we were playing to win, but we kept it in perspective too. We weren't going to have a kid go out there and throw 150 pitches just to win a tournament weekend or something like that, you know? So Mm -hmm. it was important to us to teach those life lessons to the players in our organization. So one of the things now that I'm out of it and my wife and I are traveling throughout the country, we been blessed to see those seeds that we had planted so many years ago now blossoming and flourishing when we get to visit with these young men and young women that are you know literally scattered throughout the country and are now young adults doing their own amazing work in their own communities you know so that's been an incredible blessing but to answer the question though it was really just for my parents and seeing them give back and wanting to help others like I said I, I just didn't know any other way to do it
1: Now, you talk about the blessing of that, and I agree 100%. You're Like sowing values and behaviors and outlooks and beliefs into young people's hearts that can change the world because they've got so much enthusiasm and passion and vision to do things and like that. So I know that she had an interesting mother and that she was very mobile, if you want to call it that, in the way she lived her life, traveling around and going to different festivals and so on. So how did that impact your outlook on life? You know, it's funny.
2: I always loved her story and I always loved telling people her story because, again, you know, her, her giving just continued throughout her entire life. You know, as part of her travels, she was always volunteering. You know, she volunteered at uh, Ground Zero after 9-11. She volunteered with many different hurricane relief efforts in Florida where she had lived. But I don't know that I really understood the concept of why, you know, she was mobile. You know, I mean, what, what she did in the 1967 Plymouth Valiant, where she took the back seat out of it, put a sheet of plywood in there and a mattress and turned it into a quasi RV. And, you know, in the mid 80s, for a woman in her mid 40s to be traveling solo across the country was pretty incredible. At that point, my mom and dad were divorced. So I was living in Pennsylvania with my dad. And I did a little leg of one of her trips with her from Pennsylvania to Florida between my junior and senior year of high school. But it never really, really resonated with me as far as why she did it until 2019. I'd actually taken two solo road trips myself. One was from Pennsylvania to Dallas, Texas. And on on the way back, I went from Dallas to Sulphur, Louisiana, where I went back to Pennsylvania. A few months later I did the same thing to Orlando, Florida. And it was at that moment where I had kind of this aha moment where it was like, wow, I think I understand now why mom did what she did. Cause it was the first time in my life where I took a trip where I really enjoyed the journey. As an organization, we traveled a lot, but it was on buses with, you know, anywhere from one team of teenage baseball players to up to six or eight teams of, yeah. of teenage baseball players in tow. So there was never any time to enjoy the journey. It was always a very regimented schedule. And when I got back from both those trips, I was in the process of adding some chapters to my first book that I had published, The Beauty of a Diamond Through the Eyes of a Coach. I'd I'd originally published it in 2012. And then I kind of realized it wasn't quite finished. So I was in the process of adding chapters, but I didn't really have a lot of time to write with the amount of work I was putting in for the organization. We ran a sports complex. So in the summer for me to work 90 hours a week was not unheard of. And in the winter, you know, it would get cut back to maybe 60 or 65 hours a week, but still mm. didn't leave a whole lot of time to write. Right. But when I got back from those two trips, I'd written like I hadn't written in years probably knocking out, you know, three, four or five chapters in what seemed like no time. And it was also at that time where I started hearing this, you know, this voice from God really, you know, saying it's time to move on. It's time to start a new chapter. And at first I was not open to that idea because I had started this organization again as a young man. And at this point in my life, you know, literally 60% of my life on earth was, you know, dedicated to this organization and it was my baby and i didn't want to hear it and i fought it but it kept there it was still you know ringing in my ear you know it's time for a new chapter time to you know you did your work here it's time to move on and I, I just i couldn't fathom at that point in my life doing anything else and it was like god saying to me you know done enough here it's now time you know to use your other talents to use your words to use your writing skills to reach more people and again I mean, we we're doing great work in the organization you're we literally changing kids lives And just the way I was writing and the way I was inspired to write after, you know, those two trips, it it was kind of the selling point then. It's like, okay, Lord, you know, if if this is it, if this this is the inspiration to be on the road in this new chapter, you know, okay, we'll we'll do it. I then had to convince my wife who, you know, thought I'd completely lost my mind (laughs) when I initially told her that I thought we should sell our house and all of our stuff and buy an RV and travel around the country similar to what my mother did. And, you know, again, she was like, you know, hey, that was a great story for your mom, but that was her story. That's, that's not our story.
1: It's interesting that you talk about that because I was reading in the Psalms just the other day and Psalm 32, verse eight and nine, it says, and this is the passion translation. And tell me if this doesn't resonate with you. I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide so don't make it difficult don't be stubborn when i take you where you've not been before don't make me tug you and pull you along just come with me
2: the hair is standing up on my arms as you as you read that so yes it definitely resonates me and you know like like what you're going through now my wife was going through something similar where she'd actually been laid off at her job after you know being there for 23 years and she was currently working for another company When she was hired, it was supposed to be temp to permanent position. Well, she had been there over a year at this point. And every time the conversation came up about, okay, when is it going to go? You know, it's supposed to be after three months permanent, after six months permanent. And it just kept getting delayed, delayed. They'd tell her there's a hiring freeze, there's this, that, the other thing. And, you know, one day she came home from work after another one of those conversations and she's like, you know what, I guess this is a sign. This door is not opening. So I think this is a sign that we should do this. And, you know, we put the ball in motion. I notified my board of directors and, you know, we put in the kind of the exit strategy at that point, you know, that 2019 would be my last year. And in early 2020, we put our house on the market. You know, this, this thing that you might've heard of COVID then kind of snuck up on everybody and it looked like the housing market was starting to slow we were considering taking the house off the market we eventually did take the house off the market but we got this really good deal on an rv that was left over 2019 so the day that the governor of pennsylvania was issuing you know shutdown orders for the state march 20th 2020 we're sitting in the rv dealership signing papers to buy an rv which <laughs> is totally not the plan the plan was sell the house By the RV. At no point was there ever a theory of having two payments while an RV sits in the yard till things start to open up. But yet again, similar to what you said about that sense of peace, like we're sitting in the dealership and as crazy as it seemed, you know, uncertainty, we weren't sure how much longer, you know, she was going to be working because of COVID. Uh, I had a whole lot of different youth sports consulting gigs lined up and in the pipeline that were just completely drying up because youth sports weren't Mm -hmm. going, you know, so there's all this uncertainty, but yet this incredible sense of peace where again, back to that scripture you're at, it was like, it's okay. Like just keep moving forward. It's okay. And Pennsylvania opened up the housing market in early June. We put the house back in the market. Within 10 days, we had an agreement of sale and it was an extended settlement period for us. We didn't settle to the middle of August and August 14th, 2020, we hit the road. And since then, as you mentioned in the intro, I've published two more books. So I am using those writing skills to to speak yeah. to others. You know, the second book I published was the same title as what my podcast and website is, The Journey of My Mother's Son, Volume 1, which will be a part of a four-part series. And then just recently published a children's book that is actually written as though our dog was the author and his perspective of traveling throughout the country in an RV. So that that was actually a lot of fun because you know the first two books were memoirs. So this was a completely different style of writing, being able to collaborate with an illustrator. And it was just a totally different experience for me. And, and it was a, a lot of fun and You know, here we are, just loving every minute of what we're doing. And again, being able to see the fruit of some of that labor that I'd put in with, you know, seeing those players throughout the country and seeing what they're doing as well. So it's been a complete blessing for us to, you know, to trust and to take that leap that made no sense at the time.
1: Yeah. Amen to that for sure. Like we serve a big God and he can just do amazing things. Now, I know that you have your podcast and you talk sometimes about the people that you meet along the path and things like that and their their own particular journeys that they've had and so on. So tell me a little bit about your journey of faith, how you came to know the Lord and how that impacts you when you meet these various people across this wide country that you're driving around.
2: Yeah, so I mean I've had a, a very interesting journey, you know, with my faith, you know, not really brought up in the church at a very young age my grandparents were christians attended church all the time after my mom and dad got divorced my dad gave his life to christ and started attending church and you know when i was up in pennsylvania before i'd moved to pennsylvania you know i would go reluctantly with him and then as a teenager once i moved i got into some trouble in florida with my mom which is why i ended up coming back to pennsylvania with my dad but again i know that was a difficult decision for my mom but it's probably a decision that saved my life and i think again in the background even though at that point my life. I wasn't serving; God was still working in the background. Mm-hmm. You know? And as you as you look back, you can see that. You know, yeah. at the time, you don't necessarily understand, but as you look back, you can see it. Yeah. So I got involved with our church, you know, with our youth group, very involved. And then at 15 years old, I found out that I was going to be a father, mm-hmm. and I had a at that point a very I'll say bad experience with our church at that point. So I was really almost shunned. And, and I was very disappointed in the way, you know, things took place with the congregation and, you know, kind of turned my back on the Lord for, for a long time. And um, once I ended up meeting my wife now, and she started going through her own kind of spiritual awakening and I'd again, reluctantly go to church with her. Cause I still had a whole lot of bitterness, at what had happened, you know, as a teenager, but again, you know, God was always working, you know, he was always working and probably around 2016 or so, God sent some other people in my life who, you know, really lived their faith by example. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't judgy. They weren't preachy. They were just loving. Like this is the God we represent. You know, we're not here to judge anybody. We're just here to show you, you know, what our faith does for us. So all this stuff was working again, kind of in the background as I was going through a pretty difficult time in my life. And, you know, I just, you know, started opening up more and more at that point and, you know, talking to God and and literally having conversations with Him, and eventually got my faith back and started listening to Him, and mm-hmm. you know ended up where we are today. You know, you know yeah. kind of the Cliff the Cliff Notes version, but it wasn't all wasn't all roses. Let's put it that way for sure. Uh, it
1: never is, right? It never is. Like you can't tell anybody that Christians don't have trouble in their life, right? And you know, it made me think of a of a phrase, and you probably heard it for those people that had that impact on your life. You know, when you were when you were struggling, mm-hmm. preach the gospel. Yeah. And when all else fails, use words. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And
2: and to, to answer the second part of your you know your question there is like, how has how that affected the people I interact with now? Like for me, with that experience of feeling that I was very judged at that time in my life as a teenager, and then understanding what it was like for people to just come to my life and live by example and say, look, this is God we serve. This is, you know, the love that he wants us to give. You know, for me, it's just, you know, look, I don't care who you are. I'm not going to judge you, you know, that that's for you and God to deal with. We're, we all have our own paths. We're all going to get there in our own way. And I'm just going to love you, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to show you the love that he's shown me and, you know, let it work out for you. But I'm not going to tell you what you're doing wrong. I'm going to let you work that out with God because that's a personal relationship. And we serve a big God, but we serve a very personal God as Amen. well.
1: Yeah, so, so true. Now I know that on your website there, Journey of My Mother's Son, that you talk about going to festivals and different things like that. So when I was getting ready to talk with you tonight, it just came to me like, how close do you feel to that movie, The Jesus Revolution, that's just come out? It's got to you got to be able to relate to that.
2: Absolutely, we we just saw it last Wednesday. We we had been wanting to see it for a while, but again, when you live in an RV, it's not always convenient to get to a movie theater. <laughs> back to Pennsylvania here for a spell, the opportunity rose and, and my wife and I went and it resonated a lot with me, definitely resonated a lot with me because, you know, again, even at that time, you know, when they're talking about the church, wasn't very loving, the church was mm-hmm. very mental. They're looking at these young kids who are just trying to figure it out, you know, trying to figure it out. And the church was just tripping over itself in many cases, you know, so it was very relatable to me for sure.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that there's a lot of truth, in. I haven't seen it yet myself. We're going to see it shortly when we get it streamed, but there's a lot of parallels, you know, to that day and age and today's day and age, and God says that he's going to do a new thing, and I, I want to be a part of it. I I'm, I'm, know you're experiencing that yourself. So if you want to talk to our audience that's going to hear this episode, what would you say about God to them?
2: I would say that, you know, God loves you, and we're all imperfect Yet in his eyes, we are perfectly imperfect. And he, he understands our flaws and he looks upon our hearts. And there's so many examples in the Bible. I mean, first of all, Jesus didn't hang out with, you know, the righteous and the elite, you know, he, right. he hung out with the tax collectors and the prostitutes and, you know, the bums, you know, if you look at, you know, just the disciples themselves, you know, they weren't a bunch of doctors and lawyers, you know they were fishermen for the most part you know just regular guys so i think for people listening you know if you just understand that he loves you no matter what you're going through and you know many times we get hung up on our own flaws thinking that we're not worthy yet we we truly are and if we just you know get over that and accept his love we can we can move forward
1: amen yeah i agree with that for sure So people want to find out how they can get a hold of you, if they want to get a hold of your books, that kind of stuff, where would they go?
2: Just go to my website. Everything's there. It's journeymymotherson.com or my name, danclauser.com. They both go to the same URL, just sometimes danclauser.com is easier. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, everything's there. Links to my podcast, um, links to my books, links to all my social media outlets you know, speaking engagements, basically everything you you need to know can be found on the website. So, you know, journeymymotherson.com. And I love to hear from people. You know, I love when people reach out and, you know, talk about when they heard me on a podcast or, you know, from a blog that I written or chapter in one of my books or something like that. So, you know, please feel free to shoot me an email. Um, I love hearing from people.
1: Awesome. Well, that's great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. It's been a really uh, uplifting conversation just to talk about the reality of God interacting with people, no matter where they are in their walk in life. You know, He is that personal, as you said. So, God bless you for being here. God bless you on your journeys, and hopefully, we can get you back sometime in the future and talk about more great stuff.
2: Absolutely, and uh, when we get up to Canada, we'll uh, we'll look you up. For sure.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. I'll give you some info for that. Hey. God bless you so much. Take care.
2: Thank you.
0: Oh and brown. seen before.